Well, hey, BSCC, welcome today to Blue Springs Christian Church to worship with us. Would you please stand as we just come into a time of just remembrance of, of the great things that God has done for us. If you're new with us, we would ask that you could please text new to this number, whether you're joining online or in person, that way we can connect with you. Let's sing together.
Our God is the creator of all the universe. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's worthy of all of our praise and adoration as we sing together today.
Father, we know that you are well aware of our every situation, Lord, that you are in heaven, Father, in the sense, Lord, that you know where we've been, you know where we are, and Father, you know where we're going. Lord, we know we can have, have trust in you in all times, Lord, knowing that you are the creator of all the universe and you desire to have a relationship with us. Father, we're humbled by that truth. Help us to be wise and discerning in our, our decision-making, Lord. Help us to be dependent on you in all things. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Would you please have a seat? Towards the end of his letter to the church at Philippi, the apostle Paul wrote these words, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphrodites the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So many of you have, during these trying times, been so faithful and so generous in partnering with Blue Springs Christian Church and funding the ministries here. I feel very much like the Apostle Paul did when he wrote these verses to the Church of Philippi. You have enabled this church to not just keep meeting, but to really grow and to expand our outreach to meet real needs in our community. And I want to say thank you, and I want to ask you to join me in prayer as we thank God for these gifts. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the giver of all good things, and we just thank you for the gifts that you have provided through your people, through your children, the men and women who make up the body of believers here at Blue Springs Christian. And Father, I thank you that you have blessed the ministries and the outreach of this body here so that we can share your love, so that we can share your hope in the midst of a very dark and troubling time. Lord, I pray that you will continue to use us as your body, use us as your church here to share your love, to share your hope, and to draw your lost children to you. Thank you, Father, for those who partner in this gospel in every way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Paul's letter to the Church of Thessalonians, he writes, Encourage one another and build each other up. We believe that this is an important and essential part of who we are as believers. And so this past December, some of our staff wrote a few notes of encouragement to some organizations in our area that have been working so incredibly hard during this pandemic. And in response, we received this very short and moving message. <clears throat> I want to thank whoever mailed us with encouragement and support. It had such an impact. It was forwarded around the entire division. Most of the people in the department are not Christians, and your kindness may have planted seeds in some hearts here. Thank you again. 
This helped us decide that as a church family, we want to spend this year, 2021, writing encouraging notes to organizations that are serving in our community. And so for this past month of January, we have been collecting notes of encouragement that we are going to take next week to the Jackson County Health Department, who has been working so hard, very thanklessly, during this pandemic. And next week, we are going to deliver over three dozen handwritten notes and drawings to encourage and lift them up. Then in February, we are going to be collecting notes for the faculty and staff at Valley View High School here in Blue Springs. And if you would like to participate in that, you can just grab a note when you come in, or if you're at home, you can send one here to the church. We will collect them through the month of February, and we will be taking them to Valley View High School there at the beginning of March. Also in February, we will host a blood drive on Wednesday, February 17th. On the following Saturday, the 20th, we will be collecting donations in our parking lot for City Union Mission. And all the details on all three of these serve opportunities can be found on our church's website, bscc.org, and in our e-newsletter that goes out every Tuesday afternoon. If you are joining us for the very first time, we would love to know that. If you would just text the word NEW to the number that's on the screen, we would love to reach out to you, get to know you a little better, and let you get to know us. Also, if you are with us either here in person or online, we would love to know that as well. If you would just text your name to the very same number, then we will know that you are joining us in worship here today. Thank you so much. Please sit still and get ready. Dave's going to bring another incredible message on how God can transform our work. Hi, church. Uh, I want to say hello to everybody online. It's, it's great to be with you, and it's certainly great to be with everybody in the room as well. As we continue to address and, and deal with the, uh, the pandemic, I uh, wanted to just say, you know, safety continues to be a top priority for us here. And I'm so grateful that whenever we gather for our worship services each week, that because of technology, we were able to gather as one church in many, many places. And that's just such a wonderful, wonderful thing. In this new year, we're, beginning, we're doing a series called Transform. And as I prayed and just kind of thought about, okay, what would be a good way to start 2021? I just kept coming back to this, this thought that I, I feel like we're hungry to sort of break out of um, the restrictions and the limitations that this pandemic have, have caused and be able to experience life more fully. And so that's really you know, what this series is about. This series is about you know, becoming all that God intends for you and me to be 
in our lives as God does this work in us to, to transform us from the inside out into, into the very best version of ourselves as we're, as we're looking at God's word and learning about how God wants to transform our relationships and transform our health and transform our, our mind and our, our thinking and, and transform our finances and, and transform our work. And, and we spend the largest chunk of our waking hours working. But I think, you know, over the last few centuries, we've, we've come to understand or think about that word being pretty much exclusively, you know, what, what we do to get a paycheck. That, that if somebody's retired or they're unemployed, that, you know, they're, they're not working. But that, that's really inconsistent with the way the Bible describes work, that, that, that work really is much, much bigger than that. that. That work would include, you know, household chores and, and work that we do and volunteer serving and work that we do. And if you're a student, you know, uh, your classwork and your, your studying. So I just, as we talk about how God wants to transform our work, I just want us to keep in mind that the principles we're going to be looking at in this message really go well beyond just, just what we would do for a paycheck. Well, I don't know if you heard about this guy that every, every day after lunch, he would just kind of walk around a little bit, stretch his legs, and he, 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 he worked by a mall, and they were doing some major construction on this mall, and he, and he, he started to notice this crane operator. And he just, he just really enjoyed watching this guy work. He, he, he was fascinated with the work that he did, and the guy just seemed to work really enthusiastically and very, very effectively. And then he just, so he just found himself kind of stopping and watching this guy day after day. And so one day then while he was watching him, he, he got down off the crane. So he, he kind of went around and, and yelled at him and, and uh, came over to the fence, and they were able to kind of say hi. And he just he said to him, I said, I just want you to know, I, I, I get inspired. I, I walk here every day after lunch, just kind of get a little exercise, and, I, and I've just enjoyed. You're, you're so inspiring in the work that you do, and I just wanted to tell you that. And, and the crane operator was kind of looking with this kind of confused and surprised look on his face, and he was like, oh, okay. I thought you were the site supervisor, he, he, he said to the guys. So uh, if you've been with us in this series, you know we've been using this premise right here, that we were created for much more than what most of us experience. And that would be true in our work as well. Um, between 50 to 80% of Americans don't like their job. And I'm not going to try to convince you that you should like your job. That's not the intent of the message. But there, there is a reason why they call it labor. And when God talks with Adam and Eve about the consequences of sin just contaminating his perfect creation, you know, he, he talks with them about how there's going to be relationship conflict and struggle, specifically marriage. But then he says these words to Adam. Genesis 3, 17, cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. You will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return. So God, God warns us that just like, you know, with everything else, that a part of the, of the fallout of, of sin and the way that sin has just infected everything about God's perfect creation, there will be difficulty in work. 
that there will be, you know, times where work is very frustrating, very discouraging or, or painful or, or, or unfulfilling. And so for, for God to, to transform our work, what we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to go beyond or, or past that time where sin came into the world and look at what God had to say about work before that. And when we come to Genesis chapters 1 and 2, what we find is that work is a gift to us from God that He intends for our good. In fact, it's a part of what it means to be made in the image of God, the very first verse of the Bible. We find God working as He creates the heavens and the earth. And then when He creates Adam and Eve... He gives them work to do. We read in Genesis 2, 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So God says, I, I want you to take care of my garden. You know, I want you to mow it and weed it and till it. And, and we just see here from the beginning that God is very pro-environmentalism when it comes to taking care of the earth. And so for us to get our minds and our hearts right, about our work, how, how to see our work, how to approach it. Really, the very first thing we need to do is to understand it is a gift from God to us. Now, that doesn't mean, again, that it's not gonna, time's going to be frustrating, it's, it's, it's going to be you know, difficult at times, but that, that God intends for our work to be a gift to us. And so that's where we're going to begin to, to consider this, that it, it is a gift to us, certainly in helping with our, our financial needs that we have, but so much more as well. It, it, it is a gift for us in that need, in helping to meet that need for community and relationship that we have. It, it's a gift to us in being able to develop our character as we have different experiences in our work. It's, it's a gift of being able to serve people through the work that we do. It's a gift in being able to, to show our love for God in how we do our work. It's, it's a gift that, that, that enables us to grow spiritually. Uh, there's so many opportunities for that. It's, it's, it's a gift in being able to, to really have a, a sense of joy and satisfaction in, in the work that we do. It's, just, it's, it's a wonderful gift that God has given to us that we spend so much of our life doing. But again, I understand that we often don't feel this way about our work. We often don't you know, perceive or, or think about our work in this way. So the question then is, how do we approach our work and how do we do our work in such a way that really invites this transforming power of the Holy Spirit within us while we work? I think this next verse really answers that question. I'd like for us all to read this verse together. Colossians 3.23, would you read this with me? Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. So, if we're going to be transformed through our work, the first thing that we need to do is, is to just recognize I'm doing my work for God. Take a look at this. 
Work gets transformed when I see it as an assignment from God. And I think this first verse, or the first word in verse 23 of Colossians 3 is so important. Whatever. Whatever you do, it says here. Because I think we have a tendency to think, you know, some things that I do are important enough that I, I, I want to do them well for God. Or, 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 or some of the things that, that I do is, you know, I, I want to honor God in the way in which I do them. But the verse says, whatever, what, whatever work you do, what, whatever it is that you're doing, you want to do it for God. You, you want to see it as an assignment for God, as a, as a way that you, you are able to worship and, and honor God. As followers of Jesus, you see, we work for God. We, we don't work for other people. And the idea here is that in honor of the God who gave us life, in honor of the God who gave us our abilities and our, uh, our skills and talents and education and opportunities and our health to work, in honor of the God who, who gave His one Son for us, that we want to approach our work as an assignment for that God, to do our work for, for, for that God. That's the idea here. Whatever you do, you're working for God. This is how work begins to be transformed in the way in which we live. And when you think about this, that if, if I approach my work as an assignment from God, that I'm doing my work for Him, really then your boss sort of is no longer in the equation, right? Because I think, I think many of us, we, we sort of justify not liking our job because we don't really like our boss or, or you know, not, not you know, giving our best, just sort of putting in our hours because we don't, we don't really like our supervisor or, or the people we work with or something about our work. But again, you see, our work is going to be difficult at times and frustrating and unfulfilling and tedious at times. That's just a part of what it means to live in a fallen world. But if it's, if it's God, you see, that we're working for, if, 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 it's, if it's Jesus, you see, that, that we're doing our work for, well, then I'm going to want to do my best. I'm going I'm to want to give it my very best. You see, and it just changes the whole perspective for us and how we see and approach and do our work. And if we'll just consistently, wholeheartedly approach our work, whatever it is that we're doing, in this way, we, are, we invite and we commit to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in us in becoming more like Jesus Christ in the work in which we do. So, what does this look like, practically speaking? Well... I think there are lots of good answers to that question in the example of the Old Testament leader, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, as his story begins in the Bible, is a, a serving as a cupbearer to the king of Persia, even though he's an Israelite. And that right there is highly unusual because that position would not be a position that a, a slave would, would have. I mean, that, this is a very powerful, prestigious position. I mean, he, he is a, uh, 
a representative of the king who gets to advise, you know, the king. And Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah begins with his brother and some others traveling from Jerusalem to let him know or just, just you know, be able to share with him and, and uh, connect with him. And Nehemiah, as they, as they meet and have this conversation, asks about their homeland. How's it going back there in Jerusalem? You see, a hundred plus years ago, what happened was the Babylonian Empire overran Judah and, and the, uh, uh, just destroying the, the capital city of Jerusalem and taking capture and captive many of you know, God's chosen people, forcing them into slave labor. And then as some time passes then, this Babylonian empire is overran by the Persian empire. And this is really good news for the people of Israel because it meant that many of them were able to go back to their homeland of Judah, to Jerusalem. Now, they weren't able to necessarily build anything, but, but they could go back. But, but not Nehemiah. He's still here in Persia. And again, he's working as a cupbearer, this very prestigious position, a cupbearer to the Persian king. And so the, the first thing that I want to point out about his example to us and the way in which we see and approach our work is that he is working in an environment where nobody really shares his beliefs and has his, his beliefs. And maybe that's a challenge for you in the place that you work as well, that it, you find it difficult to really approach your work as being an assignment from God because you, it, it just seems like you're, you're the only follower of Jesus there in, in that environment. And maybe, maybe your, your work environment for you is just spiritually a, a, a difficult, maybe a discouraging environment. You're like, I, just, I get tired of the language or I get tired of the, the backbiting and the conflict or tired of the dishonesty. And I just would really rather work you know, in a God-honoring place, God-honoring environment. And I, I just wonder if God, when he hears us think or say something like that, if he, if he doesn't go, but wait a minute, you're missing the whole point of why I have you there, you see. I'm giving you that assignment see because I want you there representing me to the people that you work around and work with each day you see and so here's the first takeaway from Nehemiah's story in how God transforms our work that as I as I work I am to live out my faith and he just he just lives out his faith Nehemiah does in front of this Persian king in just so many different ways. For one thing, we, we know that he worked with great excellence because there's no way he would have reached that, that level and have that position of cupbearer with, without that. And he just gains the trust of this king, even though he's a foreigner. That's, that's an incredible thing that takes place here as Nehemiah just lives out his faith. And when you read the story, you see how respectful that Nehemiah is of this king, even though he doesn't, you know, share the same belief. And so church, God wants you to be a light where he has you in your place of work. And so let me ask you, do, do you show great respect for your coworkers? Do you serve 
your coworkers and the way in which you work. The, the one that we follow, Jesus, you know, was, you know, had such integrity. He was a, a man of great truth. Do, do you bring those qualities with you into your work? in the way that you live out your faith and following Jesus from, you know, the way you, you know, how you fill out your timesheet or how you close those deals or, or however it is you, you work. Would, would, the, would the people that you work with say, you know, that, that's somebody that consistently, they just, they just put the needs and the interests of others ahead of their own. They're, they're always thinking about others. Many of your coworkers, they're, they're not ever going to come listen to a pastor but God has you there so that they can hear you and they can, just, they can just watch as you live out your faith in your work. And so this is what Nehemiah is doing. He's just living his faith out as the cupbearer here to the king of Persia. But as he asks his brother and others who've come from Jerusalem how, how things are going, they, they give him this tragic news. They say it's, it's, it's all just a mess. Let me read verse 3 of the story. Things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah, they say. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And Nehemiah knows exactly what this means because he, he knows that if a city's walls are down, well then the enemy, the, the, the uh, 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 People will come in, the, uh, the uh, um, thieves, that's what I was trying to think of, thieves will come in at night and they will um, terrorize people and they'll steal things and cause all kinds of havoc. And that when the walls are down, that enemy nations that would just sort of wait until the goods are brought into the marketplace and then they would sweep in and they would just carry off everything. I mean, when, when the city's walls are down and the gates are, are down, that city becomes vulnerable to any kind of attack, any kind of destruction. And so verse 4 then of the story says, Nehemiah, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. And for some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. So he, he prays and he cries out to God. And as he does then, God prompts Nehemiah regarding his work. And that prompting really is a career change. That, that he is to leave this prestigious position that he had there as the cupbearer to the king and, and to go back to his homeland and, and, and initiate this, this work, this demanding work and dangerous work of trying to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And so here's the second takeaway as we look at the example of Nehemiah and how God wants to do a, a work of transformation in us through the way in which we do our work. It's, it's this, to ask God you know, to guide us. That, that every day as you, as you make your way into work or you prepare for your work, you just you pray about it. You, as you go through your day, you, you pray about it. And you're just asking God, what, what opportunities? Show me the opportunities I have to make a difference for you today in my work. And Nehemiah, as he prays, you see, God gives him this new job, wall builder. But he still has the same boss, you see. 
because he's still working for God. He's still on assignment from God. In fact, five times in the first two chapters of the book, Nehemiah refers to himself as a servant of God. This, this is how he approaches his work, how he approaches his life. Listen to what one of the commentators writes. He, he says, Nehemiah gave up his comfortable bed for a demanding, thankless task. He gave up all his prestige for ridicule and all of his security for danger. And his prayers and his faith prompt Nehemiah then to make this courageous decision. And he, he comes before the king and he asks for three favors to be granted to him. He says, listen, I, I would like to ask to be able to have some time away where I can go and I can lead this initiative to rebuild a wall around Jerusalem. And I would like to ask that you give me a military escort so that that I'm safe and those going with me to Jerusalem we will be safe in our travels and I'm going to ask you for timber as well from your forest that we can rebuild the, the gates that are a part of this wall. And, and everybody's shocked. This king says yes and grants all three of those requests. I, I'd say everybody's shocked. Bud Nehemiah, let me read chapter 2 verse 8. Because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. Prayer invites the guidance and the power and the favor of God, you see, into our lives, into our work. This is the story of Nehemiah. This is how God transforms us as we just become people of prayer in the way in which we work. So when Nehemiah gets to Jerusalem then, the first thing he does is go around the wall and check you know, the condition of it, and it's worse than he imagined. It's worse than he thought. I mean, it's just a pile of rubble. I mean, it's been destroyed for over 100 years. And so he knows what he's facing, the, 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 the challenge of this, this work that God has led him to do, this, you know, to try to rally all of these volunteers and you know, to, to do this work, it's a dangerous work. He, he knows that the nations surrounding them do not want this to succeed. And so he, he, he calls the people together, and I just want you to listen to the spirit in which he speaks to them. This is from chapter 2, verses, starting at verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble that we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Here we see another takeaway for us in working in a way where God transforms us, and that is to have a positive spirit. How, how would your boss describe your, your spirit, the spirit in which you come to work? How, how would your coworkers describe you? Are, are you, a, you, know, a, you know, do you bring an encouraging, you know, positive influence upon your work environment? Nehemiah knew how demanding this work project was going to be and that it was going to be, you know, tedious there was going to be a lot of challenges to it but he just has this this 
positive spirit and way about him, and it's because he knows I'm on assignment from God here. And it just inspires the way in which he goes about his work. And it reminded me of a story that John Newton liked to tell. He's the guy who wrote that amazing song, you know, Amazing Grace, that wonderful hymn. But he tells this story. Listen to this. He would say, imagine there are two angels in heaven. God gives them both an assignment. One is assigned to sweep the dirtiest streets of the dirtiest village in the dirtiest country on the planet. The other assignment is to reign over the most splendid kingdom filled with the most glorious splendor in all of the world. And then he would say this. To those two angels, it would be absolutely irrelevant which one of them got which assignment. It would not matter to them. Why? Because the joy is not in the task. The joy is in knowing that the task is being done for God, you see. And so the wall building begins. And there's initially a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about it but then opposition strikes let me read this from chapter 4 when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall he became angry and was greatly incensed he ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria he said what are those feeble Jews doing will they restore their wall can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their walls of stones. And, and four times, these neighboring nations, the, these guys, try to deter and discourage and, and intimidate Nehemiah and those that are working to rebuild the wall, but it, it doesn't, doesn't work because of this, this spirit, this positive, just can-do spirit that Nehemiah continues to demonstrate as he, he pulls the people together and they pray for courage. They pray for the protection of God. Nehemiah then puts this, this, uh, this strategy together to, to protect everybody. He stations guards around the wall. He distributes weapons to the people so that they're nearby. He puts this uh, advanced kind of warning system together with trumpeters and and buglers and and uh, God just stirs the hearts of the people and everybody comes together and they just continue the work and we read in verse 15 of chapter 4 when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it we all returned to the wall each to our own work and so here's the the other takeaway that I want to share with you from Nehemiah's example to us that, that as I work I trust God to help me in that work. You ever had a, just a major challenge that you faced at work and you, you didn't turn to God and say, God, you know, help me. I, I need you. I need your encouragement. I need your strength here. I need your wisdom. God, I am dependent upon you. When we approach our work, as an assignment from God. When, when we see our work as an, as an act of worship, that we're, we're doing it for God, then when we deal with opposition, there's this confidence that we have in knowing I, I'm not 
facing this on my own. I'm, I'm doing this for God, so I know that He is with me. And I, and I know that he is, he is for me and that He will help me. And so God puts us in work environments where times it can be very chaotic and, 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 and stressful and, and, you, and you feel a lot of pressure and, 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 and intimidation. And He allows those things, you see, so that we'll learn to depend on Him. That, that we'll learn that when we turn to God and we put our trust in God, that He intercedes and He will frustrate the evil one and enable us to be able to finish our God-given work, you see. And so every job has a downside. You know, I mean, every job, there's going to be that, that downside of it. But God wants to turn it around for good by growing our faith as we deal with that part of our work. He wants to, to work through those challenging parts and that opposition to transform us, to transform our faith and and to make us more like Jesus Christ who endured, who endured so much in the work that he came to do. And so Nehemiah, he stays focused on honoring God in his work and he just sustains this positive, incredible spirit as he does this work. And then we come to chapter 6 and verse 15 where it says, and the work was done and the wall was completed in just 52 days that's amazing and so the people then later gather for a celebration let me read this, this is from chapter 12 and on that day they offered great sacrifices rejoicing because God had given them great joy the women and children also rejoiced the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away friends there's just great joy when we work hard for God and then we praise Him and thank Him for the wonderful things that He does in us and through us in our work. Well, before we pray, I want to I share some words from A.W. Tozer with you. Listen to this. He writes, the main problem with us is that we tend to separate our lives from the spiritual and the secular. Work gets transformed when we don't separate our faith and don't separate our relationship with God from it. But we bring those things, you see, into our work. So the next time you've got work to do, I just encourage you to, to remember, to remind yourself, okay, I, I am doing this work for God, you know, for, for His glory as I see it as an assignment from him. And then you just give him, give it the very best that you can. God will be glorified in that. Those around you will be inspired by that. And then that night, when you go to bed, you'll have that sense of, of, of inner joy and satisfaction that comes from knowing what you did that day. You did as an assignment from God. I tell you, there's simply no better way to live than that. 
Well, I do feel like I would be remiss if I didn't just remind us of the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. That he knew that left to ourselves, we would be doomed. We, we would be separated from our creator because of our sins. For God is holy and righteous in all of his ways. So Jesus went to work. He went to work for you and me. And he endured the agony and the shame of the cross to pay through his death the price for our sins, enabling us then to be able to be forgiven, to be able to be reconciled to our God, and to be able to have a father-child relationship with God every day here on this earth and then on into forever. And so I just want to say, if you'd like to, to talk with someone about the work that Jesus has accomplished for you, we're going to put a number up on the screen, and if you'll take your phone, you can just text the word RESPONSE to that number. We'll have one of our ministers reach out to you. We'll keep that number up as we pray. But church, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift that is the work you have for us to do. And we know the Bible tells us in Ephesians that, that, that we are made in Jesus Christ to do the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. And I pray for each of us that as we think about our work, be it, you know, work that we get paid for or other work that we do. We all have work every day that we do. That God, we would, we would see that big part of life from Genesis 1 and 2 as a gift from you. And we know that you know, we're, we're going to do work for you in heaven and it's going to be incredible. And that you want us to experience that in greater parts here on earth. And that that work of transformation happens in us when we, when we look to you as the one to whom we do our work for. That you, God, are the one we work for. And whatever it is that we do, God, we want to do it with all of our heart in a way that honors you, that glorifies you, that worships you, God. And so we just commit to that in this time of worship, Lord. We welcome the transforming work of your Holy Spirit in us and through us. Help us to be positive, Lord. Help us to be uh, expectant of your presence, to, to, to be people of prayer as we work and to put our faith and trust in you when work gets particularly hard, that we would be dependent upon you, God, for you are faithful. You are a faithful God who is always at work. The Bible says you never sleep or slumber, that you're always watching over us. What a wonderful God that you are. We welcome, we welcome your leadership. We welcome, God, your your spirit into our work, into every part of our lives. We pray this together 
for the sake of your glory. In the name of our Savior, Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing together. who he is. He is a miracle worker that he's always at work in our life, even when we don't feel it or we don't see it, that he's working through us as we are in our workplaces. Let's go and just have, have a seat here.
I hope that you were able to grab a cup. And if, if you're joining online, we want to invite you into this time of communion as well as we just remember the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So as we come into this time of communion for those that proclaim Jesus as Lord, let's just take a minute and examine our thoughts and our hearts and our minds and give thanks to the great miracle worker. Father in heaven, we do believe in the work of the cross. Father, that at the work of the cross and through the work of the cross, Lord, that we are able to be in a right relationship with you. Father, thanks to the work of Jesus and living a perfect life and dying for our sins, Lord, we are able to come into a relationship with a perfect and holy creator. And Father, we are grateful for that. Lord, I pray that you would transform our hearts and our minds. Lord, transform our, our, our work, Lord. Help us to have faith in you in all times. And we pray these things in your name, amen. If you haven't already, let's just go ahead and take in remembrance of the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. And we really do pray that the Lord would just transform your work and your thoughts and your mind and your whole life in this coming week and in these coming weeks and months and years and so on and so forth. And we wanna thank you so much for joining us today at Blue Springs Christian Church. We pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And if you could just stay put, if you're joining us in person, we're gonna have an usher come and dismiss you. But we pray you have a great week. Bye-bye.